Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA4 Money Show, episode 55. In this show, we review UFC Vegas 10, Watterson vs. Hill, maybe a little bit of Bellator in there, and preview UFC Vegas 11, Covington vs. Woodley. I am Bob Boss, your favorite garbage man at MMA State of Mind on Twitter, here with Mike Gilman. You can find him at Mikey Gills. Gills with a Z, do not spell that wrong. That's going to be another random person who we don't know, and we don't know what he's posting out, and we do not condone all of those intense, hateful speech he's doing. So stick with the Z. Also follow the show at MMA for Money Show if you want to get all of the official DraftKings lineups, all of the picks getting sent out, sharing just every which way, sharing the show, all of that. Mikey, how are you doing tonight? Uh, not bad at all. How about you, sir? Doing good. Well, but you know what? What we got going tonight? Why don't we got doing it tonight? Saying that real fast. Do you want to know what we got going tonight? It's that new format alert, that new, new. It's that extra special good stuff that's going to become the standard going forward. Okay. We are going to have Mikey here. As you can see him, he's on my left. I don't know the direction he's at for you, but he is going to be here now the whole show every time. That still doesn't mean real Mike. Mike Copenhaver is going away. Nope. Once he can get here. With work not being so crazy, it's a good thing that works crazy, but when he's here, we'll be the three of us going from the very beginning all the way through. Mikey will be shooting in that DraftKings as it goes on, as well as just normal breakdowns, and that's just us going forward. It's that new-new, which is it's just the best, and it's become the new normal that's going to make you feel nice, warm, and cozy. That you can just wrap yourself up in a blanket and just lay down and just be, and just be. And he's not here right now, but in my mind, he might slowly start to creep into the window behind you. That's my mm -hmm. hope anyway. I can't promise it. Not going to lie. I don't think I could plan that much better, even though he's about cross country, but that would just be ideal. He comes right in through there, comes over here. He just appears and like you just see him slowly creep forward and then his head's like right here and I don't even acknowledge it. It's like a secret. It's a secret between us because you're this is intimate. We're live right now. You're watching this with us and he just appears right here and then you know what? He just pulls a mic out and then we're just a tandem. And then Mike's, then Mikey's there, so we're a trio. And T's in the background. That's a quad. I'm not even sure of the logistics of that one. But you know what? The MMA for Money show is here live right now on Twitch, Periscope, and YouTube. If you're watching us live, you're on one of those three things. If you're not watching us live and you're listening to the podcast, but you want to watch us live, come around next Tuesday at 8 Central, 9 Eastern, Six Pacific. That's when we're there for you guys. I don't know what the one true time zone is. The mountain time. We'll get more times as things goes on. But you can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, RSS Feed. We are also on YouTube, which is live right now. But after the fact, will be full length shows, little tidbits of fight breakdowns, reviews, reactions, stuff that you'll like and subscribe. You'll you'll never miss a show. Like, comment, and share to spread the word. You like the show, others will like the show. Spread the word with that show. With that, we're going to do a quick quick review of UFC Vegas 10. But the reason we're doing a quick review is because you know what? It went so great. There's a little bit of controversy, but none of it really affected us for the most part. Uh, we're going to go through just, I'm going to give the results 
Then we're gonna break down a couple of those so we can get in to the next Vegas card because it's a doozy. There's some big fights on there and just a lot of fights on there. So even before I throw it to Mikey, I'm literally just gonna read through every result and then we can go back through as we want to. In the very first fight, Sabina Mazo, who I know Mikey was super high on, minus 245 against Justine Kiss. She got the third round rear naked choke. Brian Barbarena was minus 275. Uh, and he got the unanimous decision victory over Anthony Ivey. Frank Camacho was going to fight, but then it got canceled with Brock Weaver. Obviously, as this time goes on, more and more cancellations happen. But Jalen Turner popped in, and he popped Brock Weaver in the face. <laughs> Rocked him pretty bad in the first and second round. And they got that rear naked choke there. Alexander Romanoff, our guy. Yeah, we are laying a stamp before anyone else calls it because of how high we were on him when he was first supposed to fight. We we're claiming him as this show's guy. I've heard someone else say on Twitter that he is our new Cole Conrad, and I was so into Cole Conrad, I am all in on this. If you don't know who Cole Conrad is, look it up. He is the man, and this is our new guy right here. I was roaming off. He has like the side etchings of abs, which means he killed Roque Martinez, Rock Martinez, Rocky Martinez. I'm probably going to go with Roque just from my past experience. He got the arm triangle choke in the second round, Romanoff, that is. Bobby Green looked fantastic. He was minus 245, got a unanimous decision victory over Alan Patrick, who fights once every three years, and it showed. Bobby Green is looking amazing. Now, Roosevelt Roberts was going to fight Matt Favola. Favola got replaced by Kevin Kroom, who was signed and then kicked out of the UFC within 24 hours on the last go-around, came in as a huge underdog, and laid out Roosevelt Roberts, kind of destroying most, most of everyone's parlays, DraftKings, just a little bit of everything. kind of... Hurt a lot of people's feelings there. Uh, Julia, Avila, who, Julia Avila, who everyone was high on, including me, uh, lost to Gerard Eubanks, who I was never been high on. And, well, there that is. That Chanel was supposed to fight Tyson Nam. That one got canceled. But we get to talk about Tyson Nam again because he's going to be on this fight card if that one doesn't get canceled. Billy Quarantillo got the KOTKO right cross in round three against Kyle Nelson. He was a big favorite, rightfully so. Ed Herman. <laughs> I'm sorry, I almost laughed saying it. Ed Herman actually got a victory. Uh, plus 215, he's running a little win streak right now against Mike Rodriguez. Submission, come here in the third round. We'll talk more about that one later. This is just results. Roxanne Matafari as a plus 260 underdog bet for the show. Beat Andrea Lee, minus 320. Comma, worthy, wasn't so worthy, and got knocked out in the first round. Yes, I know, Mikey, I probably stole that from you. We'll come up with better ones. <laughs> Lost to Otman Azatar in the very first round, and then Michelle Waterson won a razor-close split decision against Angela Hill, who we all picked on the show, but no one bet, and rightfully, show, so, rightfully so, being that close of a fight. Now, before we go back through just a couple of them, not a lot of them, Mikey, can you give the breakdown of how our official DraftKings lineup went, even though it was riddled with canceled fights, new fights, and whatnot? It got changed just about every day, so you did a lot of work on that one, but we still did pretty good. How did we do? Well, before we get to that, the actual card, I just want to touch on two that we switched off of it as the cancellations came. One was Mazo. She hit big for 123 points. We took her out of our lineup to fit somebody else in. The other one was Ed Herman that we had in there. The veteran doing his thing. Just like the Mighty Duck said, take the fall, act hurt, get indignant. Ed Herman with the victory. But anyway, to, to our lineup, it was, a, it was a mix of good and bad. So the bad, we'll start with that because I like to end on the positive. The bad is that only two of our six hit for wins. Um, that would be Alexander Romanov and Jalen Turner. But they, they instantly lead into the good on this card because Alexander Romanov, our, our stamped show fighter from now on, hit for 147.5 points. 
which is ridiculous. That's unicorn. That's uh, we've called it. That's red panty night right there. The next one was Jalen Turner, 134, just out of out of control, doing his thing. That's exactly what we needed from him. The other one, uh, if you listen to last week's show, you heard me basically go on a soliloquy about how Brian Barbarina was going to lose and he'd been out for a while and Anthony Ivy was going to take the fight from him. Not at all what happened, but, but <laughs> the good news about that is Anthony Ivy got a lot of takedowns at, for a loss at his price, which was like cheap 7,200. He ended up scoring 58 and a half points, but he didn't just do that because the best offense is a good defense. And he prevented Brian Barbarina from scoring any points. Brian Barbarina finished with uh, 64. So Brian Barbarina who cost 9,000. A lot of people had him in their lineups that night. And a lot of them suffered for almost $2,000 cheaper. We got almost the same exact of points same exact amount of points out of Ivy. Moving on, Kamal Worthy. That was a rough one. That was on me. That was on me. I know the show The show was good, so I could rejoice in that, but he only got half a point. Not good. And then there was Roosevelt Roberts. And honestly, I blame myself for this one because I went out of my way on two separate shows to talk about Kevin Kroom, to mock him, if you will, to say very disparaging things. I think he and heard you. He this just, was all getting back at you. Yeah. He just looked, I swear to God, during the stare down, Buffer went over or, you know, to t- do the, like the hand tap thing. He looked right at me and was like, real loud. And <laughs> I heard it. I don't know if anyone yeah. else did. I know I did. Roosevelt Roberts scored one point. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and and, def- and honestly, though, at this point, he does deserve it for the tattoos. At some point, he deserved to get like, just like, too bad it was when, when we had him, but yeah. You, you, you deserve it for the tattoos. Krum will get it for the tattoos good. in the future, but. Well, I have to get a tattoo of a smile to erase the frown that I've been walking around with for the last five days. But move, moving right along, uh, Angela Hill, our last one up, uh, 65 and a half points lost. I Not that it was any kind of robbery. I scored the fight for her, so she should have had 30 more total points. But we finished off with 405 and a half points. It's, it's a rough night in the sense that only two of our fighters hit. But if you cross 400 points, um, this... It wasn't the worst card. I would have liked to have had some of those back, but a lot of crazy upsets last night. Uh, the Roosevelt Roberts one was probably the biggest one. We started off with three really good scores in a row. I was already counting the trip to Tahiti, and then just it all went to hell after that. But it's a new night. Let's go. And as uh, me and Mikey were talking about before the show, 400 points, over anything over 400 points, if you're in like a small little pool with your friends or a couple people on Twitter and stuff like that, you're going to end up in the money with that. It's when you get to the bigger ones of guys with their multiple lineups, the like 100, 200, 300 guy pools that is when you need to hit more than that. And the fact that we hit that, well, Mikey rather hit that. These are his lineups. I'm just kind of blindly tailing. As I've said, I don't have as much DraftKings knowledge. You're still ending up in the money and at very least making your money back. So well, we, had, we had two fighters that combined for basically what three fighters on a good night would have done. So that's what really saved us. That and the Ivy, the five takedown, 58-point performance from him. Uh, like I said, we started off really good with that. But, yeah, you're right. If you're playing somebody who's just putting together a lineup while they're at the red light on the way to the Buffalo Wild Wings, or well, maybe that was like six months ago, but, you know, like you're probably still going to beat them with that, with that kind of score. So I, it wasn't the, it wasn't as bad as it could have been mm-hmm. for a two for six. We're going to do better this week. So let's get at well, it. And obviously, memory serves. This is the worst of the three lines, but every single one of them have been over 400, which, yeah. I mean, you could have four winners and not score that much if you get a bunch of Barbarandas in your lineup. 
So the fact that they, our guys scored big, and speaking of which, we're going to go right into that because there is a couple ones that we want to hit before we move on to the next event. There's a few guys that we have to cover. We absolutely have to cover. Now, we don't need to bring up Barbarina because Barbarina did what Barbarina does. We didn't think he was going to do that for blowing up so big, somewhere along between fights. So we're just going to move on from that. We don't need to talk about that. Jalen Turner's striking looked phenomenal, but it was against Brock Weaver. So we don't need to talk about that. I've talked about, I was very disparaging of Brock Weaver on the last show. And that was against Frank Camacho. So the fact that he got laid out by Jalen Turner isn't super surprising. Um, But we do want to talk about specifically then the next fighter. Because we were so high on him when he was going to go in. It wasn't the initial fight. So we, as a show, we didn't end up betting him. Because he ended up such a huge favorite, I think, at fight time. He was minus 450 versus uh, Rook Martinez. But Alexander Romanov, our new guy, it, he just he went right across on that single leg, super low, diligent with it, took it down, advanced positions, and just laid with. I, literally the only downside, and for DraftKings, this is good, I guess. They doesn't necessarily have power. You don't get the finish, but he just lays on strikes over and over again, transitions. The takedown moves to top, moves to side control. Like he was very, very active and putting a lot of damage before he eventually got the finish. And he did get the sub, but I mean, it's not saying much against Rook Martinez. And now, even if they would make the remake, uh, his what was going to be his first fight, we wouldn't get him at the camera. It was minus one fifteen or plus one fifteen that we had a bet at. But pretty much anybody that doesn't have like show stopping takedown defense, which is only like the top. 10 in the division ish it's like this guy's gonna wreck you and we're gonna back him all the way so i know you were probably one of the biggest like it was i think a full week or week and a half before he was originally supposed to fight you sent me dms with videos like this is my new favorite fighter and then i started watching him like dude you were 100 right this is our guy and he showed up so by all means wax poetic on alexander romanoff which sidebar, if you're trying to look up Alexander Romanov, you have to specifically say MMA because then you're going to get the whole Romanov dynasty in Russia and it's this whole thing. So go with our Romanov. The Romanov dynasty. I'm not saying that a false Google search had my Romanov dynasty uh, comment <laughs> on last week's show, but it did. Anyway, but no, la- next week over my shoulder right here behind me, I'm going to get that guy, Ross, whatever he is on Twitter, who does the MMA paintings, and you're going to have that still shot of uh, Roki Martinez up in the air looking down like... <gasps> Just like that's that's going to be behind me next week. I'm going to talk to him and figure it out. No, you couldn't be more excited about that fight. God bless the heart of the stat keeper who had to keep up with when he was doing this. Just just breaking his whatever Mm. like stat machine that he has to keep track of it. No, I just couldn't be more excited for Romanov, man. Just in his highlight reels and all the fights that you watch before he comes into the UFC, like just he, he did exactly what he did in his fight tape. And it's it's so awesome when a fighter that you're that high on comes in. And like when you're texting your friends, like, no, you have to watch this. You have to see this guy. And then he actually performs like that. Then people are texting you back like, oh, my God, you know what you're talking about. That always feels good. Always feels good. <laughs> no, I couldn't be happier with him. 147 and a half points. Let's go. I can't wait to see who they match him up with next. Um, I know I mean, we have to talk about the Ed Herman fight. I know. <laughs> I, I guess we have to. Um, so Mike Rodriguez was a huge favorite, huge favorite, minus 255. And I know for sure, I think we have all, we all said at some point that we liked Mike Rodriguez. I mean, Ed Herman has that veteran stuff, but he's slow, especially at light heavyweight. And it did show a little bit there. When Mike Rodriguez was throwing, he was landing. He would pin him up against the fence. But then he, one thing Herman is good at is against the fence, being able to like switch positions and then get you against the fence. And like he did attack and did very well. 
And then, yes, what everyone's going to talk about is the really messed up call for that groin shot. That 100% went to stomach. I mean, maybe on the way down the, the shin hit cup. But, I mean, Ed Herman, veteran savvy, once he went down and the ref just looked at him and went nuts. And they just tapped him. He goes, yeah. And took five, six minutes, whatever it was. And then, like, was able to regain composure. And then even in the throngs of defeat, because even at the point he is on the ground, he is underneath Mike Rodriguez with not that much longer left in the third and he's working for a Kimura, and he's working for a Kimura, but wisely, Mike Rodriguez is keeping it under him and pressing the body, so he can't get that room. And then, yeah, in that last little bit, he just jerks it back, and Rodriguez taps. And Ed Herman is on a win streak in 2020. Not so short of a fuse. I, I, I don't have too much more to say about that. I mean, Mikey, uh, do you have anything about the non-groin shot, groin shots? Him pl- doing the veteran savvy of, oh, yeah, totally hit me there, taking his sweet time, then eventually getting the submission. Well, you saw the, the short fuse. The fuse is out. It's, it's smoldering with a little bit of smoke left, but that was enough. Uh, I was really happy about this one in particular just because by this point in the night, my picks had already kind of started to fall off, but I picked Ed Herman to win this fight as an underdog. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you remember on the show last week, I said that, his veteran savvy and his ground game are going to win this fight. And I'll be damned if that is not exactly what happened. Exactly what happened. Look, I'm not going to say that's exactly how I saw it, but the knee was closer to hitting him in the brain than it was the groin. <laughs> <laughs> but then he goes down, he takes his time, comes back. And if that wasn't enough insult for injury, just Ed Herman, just the veteran, the veteran that he is, toes right in the fence, pushes off to roll him over. I'm slow clapping <laughs> on my couch. Like, yeah, let's go. Um, Basically, like at this point, if you are a tough veteran from back in the day, like just if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Diego Sanchez Mm -hmm. taking his time, getting the DQ in, Ed Herman doing this. Just I can't wait to see what's next. Get somebody out of retirement. Get Nate Marquardt back out there. Let's see what he can come up with. (laughs) Sorry, I just had a, I've had a, you gave me just like 13 flashbacks, some good, some bad. So, you want another one of Rich Rich Franklin coming out on one knee to prevent a head kick? No, it was all about uh, Nate Marquardt. (laughs) All the different ones of Nate Marquardt. Him on the cover of Muscle and Fitness um, with the kettlebells, him getting completely waylaid by guys he would have destroyed like three months earlier and like destroying Damien Maya way back when, but then getting destroyed by other people. Him. Well, th- there you go. Very on brand and on point for tonight. Eventually, we're going to talk about uh, Tyrone Woodley, him just like giving the most video game esque finish of Tyrone Woodley against the fence and strike force. Oh, yeah. Post drop into 170, post extra thickness in the blood and high concentration of TRT. <laughs> Sorry, you might have to go back for all that if you're a newer fan, but it was a roller coaster, which MMA still is. It was um, a great time. Oh, yeah. Sp- speaking of veteran savvy, this has kind of been. Both a good thing on the show and a bad thing on the show. We've talked about like all of our favorite veteran fighters are losing, but you know what? There's some that are still sticking with it. And it's because it's in these matchups where people are trying to make a name on them. You got the old veterans versus these more up and comers with less experience. And they have just enough all around skill. Like Ed Herman, I mean, he has a good ground game. I'm not saying he's not, but the, the speed limiting keeps him from being super high level at it. So like, let's say ground game, you give him an eight out of 10, but everything else he's at a six. So, Guys can outstrike him. Guys can't like all that things, but like he uses it to win. And that goes to our next fight. This was our first bet and win of the night uh, in terms of betting here. We had Roxanne Matafari, the savvy veteran that she is at plus 260, doing exactly what we just talked about with Ed Herman. 
she's a six across the board. Like maybe she's a seven in jujitsu, not ground game because her wrestling is so-so, but, and her striking is probably more like a four. Because once you said that part about Dumb and Dumber and I was watching the fight, I could not see it. Right. I just could I could not see it or or even like a similar similar with Jim Carrey and uh, me myself and Irene when he's doing the duck like I, it's funny, I can't it's so funny unsee you said it. that somebody tweeted me that somebody tweeted me like no it's actually that that's mm. hilarious that you just said that no dude I could I, I could not unsee it but she, it, she makes it work for her she does it just to close that distance and she would what how I describe it is um, for those of you who have been listening to the show for a long time, I promise I won't talk about this too much, but I run marathons periodically and the best I've ever done was my most recent one. And it's exactly how she fought the fight. You're not going to, you don't go out and go as fast as you can. It's all about the entire fight or the entire race. It's like, you have to do it over the course of time. You have to do it every minute or every mile. That's what she did every minute, every exchange. She did the best she could do. She didn't win them all, but she won the majority over the course of the fight. And it's why like we've called her on a lot of these underdog stuff because when she's fighting against a, I mean, you can't say that Andrea Lee is too like young in the game. She's 31, but uh, someone who doesn't have the experience that Matafari has, she beats you in those middle spots in those interchanges when you're just throwing one strike and she's throwing two or like you're throwing a strike at the same time, but she's following it up with a leg kick or she's getting that transition or those couple little shots on the ground that add up over time. But I'm just beyond pumped with her veteran savvy and obviously more than pumped because this was our second 260 or so underdog in like the last two or three weeks when you count Frankie, you're on there. So we had a good night all starting with Roxanne Matafari. So Mikey thoughts on this fight or if you're ready, we can move on to, well, one that was sad for you, but good for the show after that. <laughs> uh, no, the only thing that I'll say about this fight is it made me realize we should have a new segment called the Insult Parlay, where mm-hmm. it's, it's a fighter that uh, we'll combine it with Roxanne Matafari, um, Brian Barbarena, and uh, what, was, what was his name? I'm sorry, uh, Kevin Kroom. Where yeah. if I personally insult you on the show, you're absolutely <laughs> going to win. And that should be a bet segment with like fake money, but you mm-hmm. know, going because all three of those guys just, flipped off the screen right at me and just did did their thing so maybe going forward if i make fun of a fighter fade them a little bit you know just whatever well i've had that in the past too and if that was 100 true at least for me then brock weaver would have just crushed because <laughs> i was i don't think i've ever been that mean to about a fighter before i called him a failed experiment and a bunch of other just not so nice things but we'll move on because i guess i was right there <laughs> next up uh comma worthy lost it to Atman Azatar in the first round. This was um, Mike, the real Mike's bet on this one. On he, His verbatim, what he said is he knew that Azatar came out hard and had finishing ability and would be able to put it on Worthy early. Uh, and he thought Worthy's chin was a little bit suspect. And I'm not sure how suspect it is. It's just like that was just, he got hit hard. And then the moment he was rocked, the finishing ability of Azatar was pretty awesome how he just leapt on him and ended up with the finish in the first round. So that was a, the our second bet of the night. So we ended uh, 2-0 and for plus 3.75 units uh, if you followed our betting strategy for that night. Moving on to the next one, but super pumped about that. And so we already talked about Angela Hill, Michelle Watterson for the most part. So other than that, you got anything to say about Azatar versus Worthy before moving on to this coming card? I mean, only if I'm trying to make myself sound a little better. I did say to watch a fight by Azatar that he won. So if you're only half paying attention, you'd be like, man, that guy knows what he's talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it ebbs and flows because obviously Azatar could have blown up big. And we we had picked Worthy against Penna, which he ended up winning. But like 
not the way we definitely said he was going to win, um, but at least he got it. So we'll see. That sometimes you look good by picking the right guy, even if though he doesn't win the way you said he was going to win. So you can still take credit. So even though he lost for you, you were still like right in some capacities. Just hold that out. We'll move forward. Um, now quickly before we go on to UFC Vegas 11, I was moving to the top of the show, but I didn't have the numbers yet. We always want to give a shout out to Mr. Primetime himself, Jason uh, MMA for Money. It's the, what the site is named after. It's what the show is named after. Just want to give you a quick review over what's been going on with him uh, in case you want to buy one of his packages because he does sell packages uh, for bets. And the reason he sells packages for bets is because on NASCAR, over the last five races, over, over NASCAR, it's 40, plus 44.25 units, which is just an insane and has won the last five races is insane uh nhl so far he's done plus 20.2 units which is insane and then nfl which obviously has not been going on very long but he's plus 1.51 units on that so pretty much guaranteed winner in all of those capacities especially once they get to the playoffs he crushes playoffs uh in general so that's why he's mr primetime if you want to hop on there um just wanted to give him a shout out which is due for what he's doing i mean geez um, so you can go to the site. There's a page for that if you want to go there and buy one of those packages. Now for UFC Vegas 11, Covington versus Woodley. Yes, I agree. They need to come up with something else to call these other than UFC Vegas. But it's better than UFC on ESPN plus 35, which I think this one would have been or something along those lines. But first off, I'm not going to break down this fight at all. I'm really not. I'm just going to say what it is. There's not even odds on it. Mickey Gall was supposed to fight, but he's out. It's Miguel Beza versus Jeremy Wells. I don't even know Jeremiah Wells. I don't even know if there's DraftKings salaries on this. So, Mikey, I will throw There isn't? No, there isn't. Okay, we're just going to straight pass this fight completely because I'm not going to just – we are honest on the show. I know nothing about these fighters. So, even if I would just wager a guess on this, I would just be blowing smoke up your dress. And it's not worth it. So, we're going to go to some fighters that we actually know because then it's worth it. <laughs> Next up, Tyson Nam, who we had talked about is – fighting he is minus 165 versus jerome rivera plus 145 mikey in terms of like DraftKings, just like overall picks how you like in nam in this matchup we didn't like him necessarily as much in the last one versus schnell but how do you like him against rivera i mean i like him a lot in this fight um going against a guy like rivera who uh in the reason i'd forgotten who rivera was you guys would probably know him from a viral clip that went around two years ago of the MMA fighter that broke his arm going against the cage and ran around and it was just flopping all over the place. That was Jerome Rivera. That was? Um, oh, man. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know. I didn't remember that. Yeah. So that was Rivera. Uh, I'm, I would pick Nam in this fight. Rivera, watching this fight, like on the Dana White Contender Series, he just he doesn't really – he his movement's kind of stiff on the feet. He is a little bit bigger, but he doesn't put his striking together very well. His takedowns aren't that good. And I just think at some point, Nam, who is much better than his record suggests, I mean, 19 and 11, a lot of those losses came earlier in his career. And then when he first entered the UFC, he went against Sergio Pettis and Kai Car of France. Neither of those guys are scrubs. Um, I would take Nam in this fight. He's 8,600 on DraftKings with a really good uh, chance at a finish here. He's, he's like a patient fighter. You know, he waits to land. Going against a submission guy, who, going against a submission guy in Rivera, uh, out of his 10 wins, uh, five of them were, I'm sorry, seven of them were subs. But talking about Nam, he's never been subbed in his whole career, and he's never even been taken down in the UFC. So for me, uh, Nam, 8,600. I don't really trust Rivera for his price at 7,600. Uh, so, yeah, that's Nam or, Nam or nothing. In general, I like Tyson Nam as a fighter. I do think he is kind of 
not sized out, but kind of aged out of the division. He's not as fast as he once was. Uh, he's all around a good fighter. But one thing he still has is just that fight ending, just opponent melting power that once it landed. That was our biggest issue when we were doing the breakdown between uh, Nam versus Schnell. Is Schnell was better everywhere. He's faster. He's younger. He's, he's he has so many tools, but his chin is isn't the strongest. And Nam can just straight liquidate people. And honestly, I think that's when it's going to happen here. I think at some point he is going to land big and land very big on Rivera here. And I like him. I don't like him enough for a bet, mind you, because it's still Tyson Nam. And he has all of the uh, idiosyncrasies that he has. So my pick here is Nam. Uh, nothing in terms of a bet. Next up, Derek. Well, real, real, real quick, one, one more thing about Nam before you mm-hmm. talking about not wanting to bet on. Just one little other thing is he, he lives in Hawaii. And everything in Hawaii is still pretty much shut down. We were going to talk yeah. about that on the two shows ago. So he hasn't really been able to get a full training camp in, but just wanted to throw that last thing out there. No, yeah, totally agree with that. I mean, other than, well, because it's one of the it's one of the places where not only is there not training happening or not allowed to be happening, they're still sneaking in there a little bit. Is like the fine's pretty hefty for having to the point that even Max Holloway is saying that he's not training with, even though he more than likely is Max, not not, but uh. The, Someone like Nam can't afford a a ticket for trading with people. That's probably more than like his show money. So we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Derek Minner actually got another fight in the UFC. I know, right? He's plus two thirty five underdog versus TJ Laramie minus two seventy. TJ Laramie is a long time mainstay in Canadian MMA. Him and his brother have been on the come up. I've been hearing about this guy for years. I'm actually really excited about this. There's a reason he's minus 270. I do think it's like he, he's literally better everywhere. And I'm trying my best as someone on a podcast to not say literally too much, but literally. Literally. <laughs> I'm sorry. But before I just go down a rabbit hole with that, uh, Mikey, TJ Laramie versus Sorry, I, I'm gonna. I always want to mispronounce Derek Minner's name because there's letters in there that shouldn't be in there. Like, I want to say Derek Minner so bad, but I'm just holding that off. <laughs> so, save me, Mike. Uh, me uh, uh, start off with uh, Derek Minner, um, 24 and 11, 5, 7, 71 inch reach. Out of his 24 wins, 21 submissions. So, like, you look at that and you're like, oh man, this guy's like definitely a great submission artist. Until you get to his losses, he's got eight submission losses out of those 11. And on the first show that I ever did on this show with uh, Real Mike, we had a long talk about how we don't really trust fighters like that. Minner's mm-hmm. no different. He's a guy, he's a submission guy who gets subbed a lot. I don't ever trust that. And he also, not to bring up the devil's name here, he does have a submission loss to Kevin Kroom. Just throwing that out there. <sighs> yeah. I, I didn't want to, don't say his name again. If you say it three times, he's like Candyman. I'll just show up behind your window with Real Mike. Yeah. But uh, that, pic- that picture from the, the matchups is just going to appear behind you with the. Yeah. But no, I mean, he's just facing. He's in. He's facing TJ Laramie. I mean, what can you say about a really solid wrestler? I think, if I remember correctly, he was the number one ranked uh, guy in Canada at his weight class. Yeah. yeah. Um, 66 inch reach, uh, seven KOs, two subs. Uh, on his Dana White contender series fight, he, he's he's the guy who got on top of the other one. Since we're talking about broken bones and fights on the show, got on top of him, just rained down the punches on his ribs, and a guy to quit on the stool. Um, he's ninety two hundred dollars on here, but I really think for this fight against this opponent, he's worth it. Out of all of those high end guys that are really set to pay off, 
for $9,200 to be able to save that extra one or 200 for the guys that are above him, I think he's actually the safest play on the card. Um, plus, I didn't learn my lesson with Fabinski Moises about submission fighters underneath fighting wrestlers on top. I'm definitely going to roll with him. He's a core player for us at 9,200. Uh, I think he can either get the finish or rack up the points. And Minner, 7,000, complete stay away from me. I have no faith in him to do anything. Uh, next up, Andre Uhl, minus 210 versus Erwin Rivera, plus 175. I. Going to be no surprise. I mean, obviously, he's a heavy favorite, but I really like uh, Uhl here. Um, he has a ridiculous reach advantage in this fight, about seven inches, and he fights long. Uh, his Muay Thai looked really nice in the last going. I mean, the last, the last fight was a little bit closer uh, than comfort for me, but I, I still think he's going to be able to beat Rivera to the punch. Um, I mean, I know Rivera is a purple belt in jiu-jitsu, but I think he's going to stand there and bang. And looping punches versus straight jabs and kicks to the stomach, those, those straight power kicks to the stomach. I like Uhl overall here. Uh, the only downside is I do think it'll be two decision. So, I mean, Rivera has a chance to land something big as uh, Uhl was starting to get rocked at the tail end of his last fight uh, where accumulated damage. But I think he'd be able to hold it on for long enough here and get the decision here. Again, sorry. It's going with a steep favorite, but, I mean, they can't all be Roxanne Matafari. <laughs> um. Starting off with uh, Erwin Rivera, 10 and 5, 5 KOs. He's 4 and 1 in his last five at three finishes, won his last fight. Um, I think his style is actually tailor made for Yule. Um, Yule's 16 and 6 with seven knockouts, a big reach advantage, seven inches of reach and two inches of height. Uh, he's coming off a win in February, three and two in the UFC, all by, de all by decision. Uh, really busy guy on the feet, throws real heavy in exchanges. He mixes up his strikes a lot. There's a lot of kicks in there. Attack and a giant head. Like a giant head for his body. Like it, yeah, it does, so it's sort of like a piston Honda from Punch Out. You know, yeah. it's going to take oh, yeah. a lot to get him out of there. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, I think I, I'm with you. I think you'll, you know, I think it's size and race advantage. Just does what he does on the feet. He can do what he does, uh, wants to do on the ground, I think, as well. Uh, Rivera could be a good dog play because if they end up in a firefight, it's MMA. Uh, but for right, for right now, you know, you'll at 8,800, you could do worse. I personally like Nam a little bit more at that price, but. Uh, Erwin Rivera at 7,400. Uh, we'll talk about it at the end when we talk about how we're going to put some different dogs in there. He could be one of those guys just because you never know. He could connect. He's not He's not on our play, but you might like him. Uh, next up, we have Randy Costa. is a plus-120 underdog versus Journey Newson, minus-140. Uh, Randy Costa is at about just under a year layoff. There's uh, only six fights to his name. Um, Joe Lozon is his main coach. Uh, he did look great in his last time out of first Boston Salmon, although I didn't necessarily hold Boston Salmon in too high regard. He hasn't really fought. It's going to be odd considering he's been in the UFC for a few fights now, but he has not fought UFC caliber fighters at all. Uh, he does not have the experience to go too much further, in my opinion. He should not have gone to the UFC. I know that's really rough saying that, but some of these guys even though they're winning and they're on the Dana White's contender series and all that stuff, they need a little bit more seasoning. They need to get those experiences of fighters that they've never faced before, the different stylistic matchups. And I just don't think he has that yet. Uh, on the other side, uh, Journey Newsom, he's a little bit older, uh, 31. I'm not, honestly, I haven't been too high on either of these guys. <laughs> uh, no contest last, uh, no contest last time out, uh, but he was coming off a pretty severe, a layoff before that. Um, 
Oh man. I realize there's a long pause and a lot of dead air here, but like I don't really like either guy just in general as fighters, and now they're fighting each other. So do not follow this advice at all, what I'm about to say. But this seems like an incredibly even fight to me. So I just lean the dog inherently, just because if it's a 50 50 fight, you go with the dog over time that pays out. Uh, no bet. No bet. If you bet this and get angry with me, if it loses, you have no claim. <laughs> uh, Mikey can break down the DraftKings on this and I guess give this a little bit more intrigue than I was able to give it. Oh, you want the intrigue? We'll start off with the obvious. You just mentioned it. He's a Lozon MMA guy, just like Mike Rodriguez. You're going to tell me that camp's not motivated for a win right now, Randy Costa? He's going to come out that he wants this win back. As long as there's no tough veterans around, he should be all right. But, uh, yeah, you know, Randy Costa, five and one, five knockouts. He's a uh, big size and reach advantage. He's five nine, seventy three inch reach. Newsom, five five, sixty five inch reach. I I've watched Randy Costa fight. I mean, it's like you said, he's hasn't really fought anybody great, but he's out, going out there and doing what he should do against guys that aren't great. Uh, Journey Newsom, on the other hand, nine and two. Hey, look at both of the records of the guys they fought. They've both fought a ton of fluff. So. Nine and two versus a five and one record. I mean, to me, you can just kind of throw that out the window. Neither of these guys are facing world beaters. Um, I, I like Randy Costa in this fight. I just think I've, I've watched a lot of his fights. He goes out there, he throws a real bad intentions, a lot of fire. He's facing Journey Newsome, a guy who grew up, you know, he's a heavy handed guy himself, grew up. His dad was a boxer. He's probably been boxing from a young age. I think they're going to go out there and trade on their feet. And right now, I'm just going to ride the guy who's knocking out everybody, and that's Randy Costa. And uh, we're going on, we're going on with the DraftKings. He's seventy eight hundred dollars on DraftKings. I think you could do a lot worse on this card uh, on the pro for guys that price. Newsom, on the other hand, eighty four hundred. I like other guys a lot better than him on DraftKings for that price. Guys, uh, speaking of price, guys like Nico Price, like it was eighty five hundred on this card. We'll get to him later. For Newsom, I just I I don't like him. He's got Johnny Walker within his price range. Johnny Walker and Nico Price. I would just stay away from Newsom on this card altogether. I think there's a lot of value on this card for Randy Costa, who is going to go out there and look for a first-round finish. Next up. Sorry. I'm trying to build up the excitement, but there, there's more exciting fights later, I, I promise. No offense to upcoming. Uh, Sarah Alpar is plus 180 versus Jessica Rose Clark, minus 220. Uh, Alpar is a Dana White's veteran at this point i'm just called a dana white's veteran it's faster his name the name for the entire thing is too long so i'm just truncating the name to dana white's fighters um because they technically are his fighters until they get signed by the ufc and even then they probably still are jessica rose clark is uh was in the wave of australian fighters who the ufc this this is the earlier versions of australia fighters when they thought oh this is the new crop we're gonna get all these guys with james tahuna and Beck Rawlings and all these killers, then they weren't. And I, honestly, just Rose, Rose Clark, in terms of all around talent, uh, has more than like someone like Beck Rawlings, who has since been bounced. Uh, she does have some halfway decent victories to her uh, name. She is tenacious, like she beat Paige Van Zandt with, you could say whatever you want about uh, beating Paige Van Zandt. I mean, she will come at you for the entire fight. Uh, just Rose, Rose Clark has got a decent gas tank on her. And in terms of like a, like we've talked about before, like a five or six across the board that can do a little bit of everything other than, you know, decrease power a little bit. Um, she'll go for it and head and arm throws galore and all that jazz. Uh, 
she's a huge favorite here, obviously. Um, I think for some reason the UFC likes her and they're just doing what we've talked about with some of these Dana White's fighters is they get a contract because apparently every night people need to get a contract. If you're watching it right now, I bet a guy just got a contract. It's not mean they're going to last in the UFC for very long. So you just throw them against a name. It's either a win for the name or you instantly make a name by throwing them against a name. This is what it is. It's to me, lazy matchmaking, but here's what we have for this one. So I'm picking Jessica Rose Clark. I would guarantee this is a very low scoring fight on DraftKings. I don't even know a lot about DraftKings. So I'll throw it to Mikey, who's the more expert on that fight. Well, in that premise, uh, Mike Alpar versus Clark. I'll start off with Alpar because I'm sure a lot of people don't really even know too much about her. She's nine, four and one, two knockouts, two subs, five foot four with a 63 inch reach. Uh, Kind of like physically, it looks like someone let the air out of Petskohea, but <laughs> um, I'm sorry, yeah. that was that was spot on. If anyone like looks at even her picture on any of the anything, that's like probably the most spot on description I've heard of her. Oh <laughs> uh, well, uh, I just insulted her, so now she's guaranteed to win. But uh, so depends how much you feel about Petskohea. I mean, that might just be like what because she just got booted from the UFC, or no, she has one more fight and she's retiring. I'm sorry, she has one more fight and she's retiring. This could be your new queen. That could be. I think I just told myself a little bit about how I feel. About she's it she's the number one <laughs> women's fighter out of oh, who they have her for Oklahoma. So there's that. There we go. You're, you're, you're selling me right now. So what, what number one bantamweight women's fighter out of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> now uh, back to uh, Alpar. She's uh she's won three straight. But one thing I noticed about her record, she's really inactive. She hasn't fought in over a year. Uh, it was that that uh, rear naked choke she had on Dana White's Contender Series. But uh, if you look at her fight, it's oddly stacked. In the first five years of her career, she had nine fights. But then in the last five years, she's only had four fights. Since 2015, she's only fought once a year. So I'm not even sure, like, is she a full-time fighter? Is she just taking matchups that she knows she can win? I, I have no idea, honestly. But I, I do know a little bit more about Jessica Rose Clark. She's got, at the very least, decent stand-ups. You know, she's coming off two straight losses. She's going to be hungry to get this win. Uh, so, you know, I'm taking Clark here, the solid stand-up, a size and reach advantage. I think she can play it smart and get back on track. You know, she could be a good play on DraftKings, but like you said, maybe not the highest scoring decision you're going to see. She's $8,900 uh, in comparison to other fighters in that price range. I like, you know, Yule and Holland. They're both kind of around that range. I like both of those guys better than Clark right here. But uh, Alpar, complete stay away for, for me at 7300 I just I don't know enough about her. I don't have I don't have enough confidence to play her even for seventy three hundred. So Jessica Rose Clark eighty nine hundred. Let's go. Next up we have Jordan Espinoza. He's minus one fifteen against David Dvorak minus one oh five. Um, in the past, uh, I know for at least for the show we've been high on Jordan Espinoza, and he has actually won us money in the past but uh the more that i look at this matchup i'm liking uh david dvorak more and more uh yeah it was the jordan when he fought mark de la rosa which obviously in that scenario uh, we've all seen how mark de la rosa has fought and uh he has a decent it's weird. He has both a decent and not so decent record, but he he's beat solid guys. Like he beat Eric Shelton, who I for a long time had a very high and high esteem here at flyweight. Um, but David Dvorak, he's longer. Uh, I just I don't know. I just see Dvorak putting him out, um, putting Spinoza out. That is, um, some form of finish, likely 
starting with punches, maybe finishing with submissions. He has a tendency to do that. He'll lock in a rear naked choke if he gets you down. And I, I went, full disclosure, I also went down a David Dvork Instagram rabbit hole, which was very entertaining. It's just like, it's too many like professional photos taken of him interspersed between just like his life to the point that I'm just like, both uncomfortable and oddly impressed that you're given that much of a, a push towards your IG game. So kudos to you, David Dvorak. He's the Luca Magnato of the UFC. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I do think he has the more uh, finishing capability. And I think that uh, Jordan Espinoza is not what I once thought he was going to be. Um, I do not think that he's going to be able to handle uh, the type of output, the type of pressure, and the type of just all out around damage that the Undertaker, as his nickname goes for David Dvorak, is going to put on him. Uh, so pick there, no bet. I know it's a close fight. If he gets there, getting into like plus money here, right now it's uh, minus 15, minus 105, as I've said. Uh, if Dvorak gets to like that plus 120 range, that's something that I'll probably play. And if I do, as always, I'll uh, post it on Twitter. It won't be an official bet for the show, but it might be one on my personal account. Mikey, Jordan Espinoza versus David Dvorak. Well, I think you said it all when you said that his nickname was The Undertaker. I mean, I can't go five minutes without making a wrestling reference. So I didn't even need to see the fight tape. I was already going to bet on the guy. But, you know, luckily I, I did see some fight tape. So, you know, there's that too. Uh, David Dvorak, 18-3, eight knockouts, seven submissions. This guy's a finisher. He's going out there every time to try to put you away. Five foot five, 68 inch reach. He's won 14 straight fights. 13 of those were finishes. His, his only non-finish was his last fight, his unanimous decision victory when he first got into the UFC. He's a guy who mixes up his strikes well. Very diverse arsenal power in both hands. Likes to throw a lot of those lower calf kicks. I personally love those, and I get a little giddy anytime I see somebody start to throw them. Um, you know, certain European fighters, you, you aren't really sure what their level of competition that you're fighting is. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for something to be a little wary of, that might, that might be it. But he looks like the truth from everything that I've seen from him. I mean, this is a guy like... You don't need to be fighting absolute world beaters to show me that you have really good, solid technique. On the other side, Jordan Espinoza, 15-7, and seven, two knockouts, seven subs. Coming off that decision, uh, the win against Mark De La Rosa, like you just said, uh, he lost two straight before that. He's 2-2 two and two in the UFC. And in this fight, I think he's just going to have to rely on his wrestling to maybe try to grind out a decision. And again, from just from watching fights, you can go ahead and watch uh, Dvorak's last fight. He's a guy, he can get up. He can get up, and once he gets up, he's going to make you pay for even trying to take him down. You know those Europeans, man. You insult them even a little bit. They take it real seriously. That's what you're going to see with this guy. I'm picking David Dvorak, finishing machine. On the feet, he looks solid. I think he can shut down Espinosa's wrestling. And 14 wins in a row. At this point, it's he's not Anderson Silva, but just like Anderson Silva was, you have to lose before I'm going to start betting against you when you're on that kind of run. Dvorak's 8,200 on DraftKings. We are going to lock him into our lineup. I believe in him. Jordan Espinosa, 8,000. Don't quite believe in him as much, but, you know, it does have maybe a little more experience, at least in the UFC. Maybe if you want to feel good about a wrestler in the smaller cage, that's something for you. But for me, staying away from Espinosa, David Dvorak, locking him in, 8,200. Let's go. Next up, um, occasionally on this show, we've brought up times that we think that the UFC is doing a setup fight. They don't do gimme fights, but if you look close, sometimes it seems like they do gimme fights. And I, honestly, that's how I see the next one. Uh, Mayra, always going to pronounce that wrong because I keep wanting to see, say a completely different name. Either way, Bueno 
Silva, minus 240 versus Mauro Romero Barella, plus 200. She's on a three-fight losing streak. I think it's a – let me double-check because I, I can't remember if it's a three-fight losing streak or a three-fight finish losing streak. I have uh, – No, one, one of them went to decision. Montana De La Rosa went to decision. Yeah, she lost decision to Montana De La Rosa. That's an actual thing that happened. Um, I uh, Silva is a past Dana White's fighter. Um, she did lose to Morose uh, more recently, but I do think that they are high on her and they see something – in her and they could i just think this is a complete setup fight just get another win on her have a nice little bounce back fight with a name with a little bit of cachet not a ton but if you've been watching wma within the ufc you would at least know who mar romero barella is obviously she's not a big budget star or anything like that but i think they're starting to build silva and i think this is one of those spots for that i actually think silva is going to get a finish here against Mauro. Barello Romero, like all, all the names, just all the names. Sorry. Um, I do think she's going to get choked um, by Silva. Keep wanting to try to pronounce her first name again. It's not going too well. And I also do not know what Shitara means. I should probably know Brazilian, more Brazilian by this point, but that nickname. So I guess I'll probably look that up when I send it to you because if it's fierce, I, I got to back that. So uh, Mikey Silva versus Romero or Barella. Uh, just start, like, starting up. <laughs> Just starting off, just trying to read these notes. Myra Buena Silva, Mara Romero Barella. Just my brain fries whenever I look down at my my notes. Just like, which one am I looking at? But uh, no, I, th- I agree with everything you just said. This is a setup fight. Uh, Silva's looking like she's going to win pretty cleanly here. She's going off for 9,000 on draftings. Um, look, if you could fit her into your lineup, I would definitely do it. I, I had a tough decision to make with ours. I like uh, a couple other fighters that I think can just score a little bit higher than that, but Mar- uh, Silva, six and one, one knockout, four subs. She is going out there to finish a fight. Five, six, 65 inch reach. Barella, she's lost three straight, two by stoppage. I just don't see any path to victory for her in this fight. So lock in Silva if you can. I think she's going to be a great play. 9,000, 9, she's pricey, but I think she's going to earn it for you. If you were watching live and you notice me snicker, I'm going to explain. And if you didn't watch live, I just audibly told you that I snickered. So I'll explain. So I, I'm actually very embarrassed that I didn't realize this, but it's amazing. Is that because I thought assumed it was Brazilian because I'm an ignorant American. But Shitara is actually from the character from uh, Thundercats. So she just got like extra bonus points for me there going full geek on me. I very much appreciate that. So like, I don't, like I'm about to too extreme of an uh a betting favorite there i was almost gonna better like, if that was close that's something i bet you for just like not for the show but just for my own personal thing so i could literally cheer for a character from thundercats I, i'd be all for that so i'm gonna move on before i uh talk about thundercats go and like start cheering and doing doing all the stuff from there we'll move on <laughs> um, kevin holland minus 250 um is fighting darren stewart plus 210 Darren Stewart has played a little bit of spoiler in the past with guys like Darren Wynn, who I, I personally was fairly high on. Um, I thought he was going to be mini DC. I guess not so mini DC, if you, if you get me. Um, should be like 170 pound DC, but was fighting at like 205 DC and was like five foot two. I, sorry, I'm not trying to disparage Darren Wynn here. I was actually trying to build up Darren Stewart. 
partly because he also spells the first name right. <laughs> um, I actually do like him a little bit as an underdog here, not enough to bet it uh, whatsoever. Uh, I do like Kevin Holland. I thought he would be much higher at this point. He's been in the UFC long enough, but I don't think all of his athleticism and talent has quite translated. And I think in the smaller cage, Darren Stewart uh, has a chance to push him up against the cage and make it boring. Um, and if he does that and limits the striking, then you're going to get a close fight that can go split decision either way. And obviously this is a big underdog here. So that'd be a way to lean it. Uh, if a finish is going to happen here, it's going to be on the Holland side, putting out Stewart. So in terms of, if you're looking for like a, a bigger budget type thing for something like DraftKings, you might want to lean more towards Holland, but in terms of like an all out pick for the fight, just a quick pick, I'll go with Darren Stewart. I think he's going to make it ugly and win a, a, a sleazy 29-28 decision. Mikey Holland versus Stewart. Uh, I'm on the other side of this one. I think uh, Kevin Holland, I think he's in a roll here. Um, 18 and 5, 9 knockouts, 5 subs. He's on a two-fight win streak, 3 and 2 in his last five. A huge height and reach advantage. I just think uh, a, guy, a guy like him that comes out, the way he fights, like really creative with his strikes. He throws a lot of like, I don't know, weird like taekwondo sidekick stuff. Just kind of craziness I, I just think i just think he's the better fighter out of the two you know darren stewart 12 and 5 he's another guy seven knockouts one sub he's going to go out there and try to finish you the same exact way but i just think that's going to end up playing into kevin holland's hands in this one and not to mention if we're talking about DraftKings specifically kevin holland's price went off at 9100 he averages just in his wins like if you take his losses away but just i'm focusing on the way he wins here he averages 100 points per win on DraftKings. That's a solid night out if you can get it. And especially, I think, if, I'm picking him to win the fight. I think if he goes up against Darren Stewart, puts on a show like I think he can, for $9,100, he can pay off for you uh, pretty pretty well on that one. It's really just a matter of choice from the price range that he's at. If you ask me personally, I like TJ Laramie just a little bit better right there. Um, Darren Stewart, like, uh, it's like you said, he could make it ugly. He could steal one away, $7,100. Could that could be worth it? I mean, there are worse ways to go as far as underdogs go for sure. But uh, for me, it's Kevin Holland, $9,100. I like him. Next up is this is going to be a very, I guess, not unique because if you've heard us break down a uh, random Marcos fight in the past, and if you've heard us break down a Dern fight in the past, it's kind of the amalgamation of those two things. Um, Mackenzie Dern is a minus 165 favorite, rightfully so, versus random Marcos plus 145. Obviously, Mackenzie Dern is probably the highest level uh, jiu-jitsu practitioner in WMMA within the UFC at this point in time. And she finds us uh, a way to finish, and you would hope her striking is coming along more than it is, but it really, it really hasn't. She oddly has power, though, which has always been very confusing to me because she doesn't seem to have much technique whatsoever. But once it gets on the ground, she is vicious um random marcos has been in the ufc for quite a long time she's plus 145 here obviously dern is better on the ground technique striking i still gotta give it to marcos doesn't have the power but can can throw in combination but usually it's ring combination to get into the clinch so that might not be smart but there is some there's two things you need to know one on the dern side one on the marco side on the dern side She's getting to the point where she's like standing and banging rather than bringing it to the ground for submission, which is not smart. And she's almost lost fights in the past because of it. And like if she gets it's like it's either going to be like if you have money on her, you're going to be sweating the whole time. If she gets a sub, it's going to be amazing. And if she doesn't, it's going to be close. Uh, but on the other side, the other very key factor is. You can't it's it defies logic that you can't beat 
the Ronda Marcos streak. And if you've never heard of the Ronda Marcos streak, what it is is she has alternated wins and losses in the last 13 UFC fights. And she lost her last fight. So everything MMA says that Marcos is going to win her next fight. Like she, it, 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 it defies opponents. It defies like anything. She has a first round submission win over Angela Hill. Angela Hill, who just almost beat Michelle Waterson in the last fight. Yes, she has a loss to uh, Claudia Gadella. She has a win over Carla Esparza. Like this is the, the weird back and forth that she does that doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. But once she was in the UFC, we're not counting tough or anything like that. Once she was in the UFC, it went win-loss. It went loss-win, loss-win, just on and on and on and on, starting all the way back in 2014. And here we are in 2020. I mean, I'm not counting the draw to Marina Rodriguez because obviously it's a draw, so that wasn't a win or a loss. And then if you go to the next fight after that, the the alternation of fights still held. Um <laughs> So you almost want to go Marcos here. I know that makes no sense. I know stylistically, Dern should win. But it's happened for 13 fights. I, I can't rightfully pick Dern strictly based off that record of 13 in a row, alternating regardless of who she's fighting, especially if Dern decides that, you know what? I'm going to stand and bang this fight. I don't, I don't need to submit. It's fine. It's fine. I'm only like a year and a half since having a baby. I haven't really been training. But you know what? We're going to punch. It's the thing that I can kind of do is, is at the same time I can make a face, fake accents. I can throw punches and which neither of those things are true. And so I'm going to pick Marcos, no bet, because I would not lay a bet on something as flimsy as she alternates between wins and losses for the last 13 fights. But I'm going to pick Marcos because by God, the MMA gods are there. <laughs> I know that made no sense or entertained you, um, Mikey. Dern Marcos, the streak. Yeah, all right. So, uh, real quick, the, the random Marcos thing, it's funny that you mentioned it. Like, literally, like the first two things that I think of is like she lost her last fight in March, hasn't won two consecutive since 2014. Like, oh man, like, what do we do here? What do we do? But I, in this case, I mean, when I look at just the two, the skills of these two, random Marcos, uh, a 10 and 8 fighter, half of her wins are submissions. She likes to clinch people and get them to the ground. And with a purple belt, that is just not a game that you want to play with against someone like Mackenzie Dern. And, and not just that, as Randa Marcos, uh, we talked about Tyson Nam earlier. Marcos hasn't been able to get in a real training camp. She lives in Canada and she trains in Michigan and she doesn't have a work visa to get in the country. So she has not been able to even get a real camp in. I have no idea what she's been doing up there. No one does. Training at a local gym. I don't know. Who knows what kind of training partner she's getting. Uh, for her to win this fight, I mean, she kind of has to keep this fight standing. Mm-hmm. And oh man, Random Marcos like, is she, she might be a better striker. I don't know. I mean, in I'm terms of volume, in terms of power and stuff like that, probably not. But... <laughs> I, I, I'm certainly not going to hang my hat on that when I'm talking about a purple belt versus like like a black belt, and then there's black belts and black belts, especially like in the women's division. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie Dern is so much farther ahead than all these other girls are on the ground. And I just, I have to factor that in. She's eight and one, five submissions. Uh, she, her last fight was back in May. She started off the, uh, the Hannah Cyphers COVID 19 tour of pain, that first round knee bar. Mm-hmm. Actually, a couple episodes back, I, I, we were talking about Hannah Cyphers. I mistakenly said that Hannah Cyphers took 
Dern down. That's not exactly what happened. It was actually slightly dumber than that. She was taken down, got out of it, and then Cyphers had her down on the ground, could have just stepped back up, instead stuck her leg in and was immediately knee-barred. Anyway, I just want to get that out of the way. So I, did, I just saw I'm making up for slightly bad information a few weeks back. But um, no, Mackenzie Dern, uh, her striking, very aggressive, not super technical, but she has been working lately with Jason Perillo. And I personally think that guy's a magician. Like, you know, you think about Jason Perillo, like I think you know, Bisping started working with him and all of a sudden Luke Rockhold is a full-time model. I don't know, things like that. But uh, for me, it's Mackenzie Dern. I think on the feet, she can, she has more power to knock her out. If it goes to the ground, I mean, the fight's going to be over in less time than it took me to finish the sentence. For $8,700, Mackenzie Dern gets an awful lot of points for that. I mean, you're talking about she's going to go out there. She finishes almost all of her fights. 8,700, let's go. I'm rolling Mackenzie Dern out there. Marco, 7,500, a bit of a stay away. Um, all the hate that Mackenzie Dern gets for her uh, missing weight, none of that's going to show up on fight night. She's good for 100. Let's play her. And don't be wrong. She gets that sub. She's going to clear that easy. So that's just saying it that way. Obviously, I went and I'm going for Marcus with Marcos with the streak just because it's weird enough and MMA enough that it can happen. But that's by no means a technical breakdown. So um, next up, Johnny Walker, the one time early on favorite of new light heavyweights, kind of is a minus 25 favorite versus Ryan Spann, who's plus 105. And I know you're thinking exactly what I think every time Ryan Spann fights. If you are anywhere in the realm of. 28 to 40 and you just think of the dane cook comedy special about when you see a guy with superman on his chest what you want to do to him and i know exactly how you're feeling i I really really do but that does not get past how i feel about this fight (laughs) now quickly before anything because he is not here but was able to give his pick uh mike the real mike again this is no disparity towards mikey we're just trying to differentiate between the two i'm fine being fake mike i've 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 accepted fake Mike. I'm actually getting a tattoo. So. <laughs> well, it's either I just either need to get comfortable calling you Mikey, which might take a bit, but I feel like I could flow easier into Mikey Gills just because it, it does flow. But I'm not sure I want to say that every single time I ask you a question. So I'm trying to find my happy medium. So I, mean, I asked I asked my fiance to call me Mikey Gills. She still hasn't done it. It would be nice if one person did. So I'll, I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start doing that. I'll put a little reminder. I just need to, we need to, well, so, uh, your name in the chat is that, so that might help. Okay, we'll go there. We'll go there. Okay, we're, we're almost there. Okay, uh, the real Mike uh, is picked for his bed. Is picking Ryan Span here. I had shed the quick. If you saw me doing some typing, I was editing the odds. Uh, as of right now, Ryan Span is plus 105 against Johnny Walker's uh, minus 120. Actually, that one might have changed too. Realize I changed one, not the other. Minus 125, so I'll edit that one post-show for saving purposes. But uh, he has Ryan Span. Uh, he thinks Johnny I'll tell you what, I will pull up the exact notes I got from him so you know it's coming from him. So I wanted to make sure that we got his. Uh, he said he thinks Walker has a suspect chin, which I agree with, and wrestling. Uh, and he thinks Span is just too powerful and can end his night. And that was just his quick bullet point text breakdown. And I actually do agree with that on just about everything. Obviously, we've all been high on Span, and a little bit of air has got taken out the tires with how close his last fight was um that one was a little rough to watch not he didn't lose but he could have um he was dominating early 
And then it started to fade away, but it was against a veteran. And I'm not sure I'm willing to call Walker a, a veteran. And Walker has lost two guys that are equivalent levels of flashy as span, but less powerful. Like losing the decision to Nikita Krylov was kind of rough to watch. And I, and I love Krylov. I love the weird fight that is Nikita Krylov. But uh, if you're losing someone like Nikita Krylov, I think you lose someone like Ryan Span. And I actually think Ryan Span can put some serious. Uh, leather, if you want to say, on a Walker's face. Walker is going to be all go in the first round, and if he doesn't get it within those first few blitzes that he does, he's likely done, uh, in my opinion. And I think in this, and by the f- time this fight ends, I think it's going to be Johnny Walker red. <laughs> Bad nice. point, but I'm going to take it. Yeah. So the, the bet for the show for for the real Mike is Ryan Span one unit at plus 105. So that's to win. 1.05 units. Mikey Gills. We're working on it. <laughs> DraftKings, Johnny Walker, Superman. <laughs> Where you at? All right. So I'm, uh, I'm again on the other side of this one. It's I, I don't like being against everything, but this is we don't we don't. DraftKings is different. We we've talked about that before. DraftKings is different. You could be on the other side, and even if it's a losing affair, losing affair, you still get uh, you can get more points. Well, not just that. It's a peek behind the curtain for the people listening. We don't get together before the show and go no. over our picks. These are all separate. We're giving you what we honestly feel. Mm-hmm. And for me, I honestly feel this is a Johnny Walker bounce back moment. 17 and 5, 14 knockouts, two subs. This is a dude who finishes fights. He's aggressive. He goes out there and gets it. He's a monster. 6'6, 82 inch reach. He has lost two straight, but I, I understand that Corey Anderson, beast in 25 8, he's not. You know, he's not the greatest fighter who's ever lived, but he's not a pushover either. He's good. No. And if you watch that fight, he caught he caught him right, he caught Walker right on the temple. He didn't knock him dead. There wasn't anything like that. He stunned him, and you could tell he was just hurt. And then he hit him with, you know, however many more shots. He never really he never really went out. And then he just you could tell he was gone though, because Anderson was just yelling at him and he was staring at him like he didn't even know what planet he was on. And then, you know. His next fight after that, Kryloft, he took him down over and over and laid on him. I'm not sure that's what Span's going to do to him. But in terms of uh, Johnny Walker, he's had six months to recover from both of those losses. He's moved his camp to SBG. You know, maybe Kavanaugh can teach him some something. We were talking about Pereira a few weeks ago. Like, could he just reel it in just enough to focus mm-hmm. a little more technique? Maybe that's what can happen with Johnny Walker. He's in a good camp for strikers. So... I don't know. He's only 28 years old. He's not washed. I mean, all that hype that was behind him, for me, that doesn't get erased with two losses, especially when one of them is kind of getting grinded out like that. You know, it's just these are things that you learn along the way. Everyone's going to lose. On the other side, you got Ryan Spann, the greatest tattoo ever. Um, You've never seen me shirtless. You may have hurt my feelings when you talked about it. We we don't know. But... (laughs) No, but he, another big guy, 6'5", 81-inch reach, 85, uh, or I'm sorry, 18 and 5, 4KO, 11 subs, former former uh, LFA champ. It's on an eight-fight win streak. I know earlier I talked about when you get on a streak like that, it's hard for me to cheer against you, but I just think in this fight, stylistically, Johnny Walker, he's got he's got all the physical gifts you could ever ask for. If he can just pull it together just a little bit. And I just can't get that Sam Alvey fight out of my head. I will fully say that that was a rough one. It absolutely was. The entirety of the fight was a rough one. At the beginning, you were like, yeah. Think think about it like this. If you are talking about a guy that everyone is going, oh, this is the future of the division. Like this guy, he's the next big thing. (sighs) 
would you pick a guy that struggled that hard against smiling Sam Alvey? Hmm. I, I can't do it. I can't, like, I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a gut feeling more than anything mm. else that for me, Johnny Walker, you know, I'm going to roll with him. He's $8,300 mm. on DraftKings. This is a guy that gets a lot of finishes for 8,300 fighting another guy out there. Who's he's slower than him. Might be easier to hit. I don't know. It's just, it, for me, I, I can't say no to that price for those kind of results. You know, Ryan Spann, he could be a good play. I'm looking at it right now. He's only 7,900. I mean, he could easily cash out where he was a dog. If you are, if you want to save $400, if you feel like Spann could take this fight and you want to save $400 and maybe instead of getting a, a Laramie or a Kevin Holland and you want to, you want to spring to get that Shemayoff money or the Kobe Covington money, you could do that. I mean, you could feel good about it too. But for me, when I'm breaking these down, I just think Johnny Walker, he's going to be in our lineup at 8,300. Do you think that they for sure thought that the Corey Anderson fight was a finish given Johnny Walker's past career as a stripper that when he got knocked and went down, he just did too much of the body movement and then they just they thought he, his, his body was shut down, but it was really just him putting a little bit of English on it? If anything, I think it was a little revenge for Corey Anderson because he kind of has those weird nipple things, that nipple fat going on. And I yeah. think when he sees another person doing the uh, doing the stripper routine, he feels like some of it. For anyone who wants to know, that's gynomastia. <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna say that. I was. Gonna, I'm pointing out a fact. I, I don't feel like I'm wrong for saying that. But I feel You're like maybe not. he thought that Walker was taking a little money out of his pocket and he was angry about it. But no, I just. I, <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> So you know, it's a good thing that we don't always agree on fights in general, because then that's a boring show of everyone just repeating themselves in general. It's good when there's, because then what happens is the next show, if we're blatantly wrong, could be like, told you, yeah. <laughs> and then you, and then it's just cash in. Basically, it's a win-win for the show because if we're wrong, you look great. And if you're yeah. wrong, we like, so, and obviously a lot of times, like uh, me and my, me and the real Mike kind of have an understanding for the most part, we have a, a disagreed on bets in general. Usually if we do completely disagree, like vehemently disagree, we'll kind of back off and maybe not do that one, but we have minor disagreements. Um, but like, like Johnny Walker versus Span going into it, I actually haven't picked that fight. Um, I can see his case and I actually now have leaned more towards his case. Now is that biased because he told me and I looked into it and I'm seeing all the same things he is very possibly I would have talked to Mikey Gills before I talked to real Mike may I be on the other side I can't tell you but um in terms of this one um with them on the Ryan Span plus 105 because obviously it is the best for the show so they are going out for the show but next up we have a unique fight uh in my opinion full disclosure I don't have a bet on it even though I was kind of thinking Maybe um, Kamzat uh, Jemayev, everyone's new favorite guy for beating scrubs, uh, is minus 360 versus Gerald Merchardt, plus 305. And this is by far the best guy he's ever fought, Jemayev. I understand he looks like an absolute killer, and he may be. He may absolutely be the truth who's going to come in and just destroy everybody and be slowly marching his way to a championship. But this He's not a middleweight. He's going against a middleweight who is the best competition he's fought ever. Has a decent ground game, but like uh, Mike Gills has said, it's kind of weird when you trust a guy who's like kind of go-to is like the ground game, but he gets subbed a lot. It's, it's a very weird 
juxtaposition. But um, so I had been thinking of maybe going uh, with Mearshart, but I don't know, man, dude. He, Mearshart's just he it's just enough damage, and he's willing to take just enough damage that I'm I'm, I'm staying away. Um, I do, I do think the double booking of Chimaev is just begging something bad to happen here. Um, but this guy has fought like three times over. What was the first weight class he fought at? Was that 185 or was that one 170? I know the middle one was in 170 for sure, but I know he's jumped around he's, a lot. Yeah, I think he came in and took a fight at 185 and then went back. Yeah, and then down. Okay. And now he's come back up. Yeah. In general, I do think he's too small for 85, even though, yeah, I don't know. Either way, um, I would love to see Mirshar play spoiler hero just because I enjoy chaos. Um, but if Jemayev is the new truth, I'm all for that as well because when there's guys that are just demolishing on the way up it just makes the f- sport more fun so just as a contrarian i'll pick Mearshart, but i have no bet on this whatsoever i've backed away from originally thinking about it honestly the weirdest thing i could think of is i'll look it up now uh, while i give it uh, to mikey because i'll look it up is possibly Mearshart first round three because he has a propensity to finish fights in round three so i can only assume that's a ridiculous odds and then you just throw like a quarter unit on it or whatever to win some so Mikey Gills, Jemayev versus Mearshart, or GM3, whatever he's going by now. So every show that I've been on, we've actually had this. It kind of organically happens, and this this is this week's disrespect fight. This is the one where a guy is just so blatantly just fed to the wolves here that hey dude we're two we're two and one in disrespect fights. I'm just putting that out there. And the two keeping track of that. Okay, just off the top of my head. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do I hear guess, who, music? guess who's back? Guess who's <laughs> back? Guess who's back? What's up, man? What's up? So if you don't know those sounds, Finally, right bro. There, there that is. is the real Mike hopping in. We thought it might happen. We weren't sure. And he's yeah, I here. I wish I could up, find the, the, the picture on this beast. Not much, man. Just grinding fucking 14 days straight in Hollywood for uh, Rihanna's Savage Time Fenty Volume 2. You can find that on Amazon original coming out soon. Just been just straight grind mode, man. So stoked to finally jump on with you guys just a little bit. I've been listening to the show as I came home and uh, you guys doing a great job, man. Well, that's why since you're here, man, before we, we were about to go a little bit more into, I already gave my two cents on uh Chimaya versus Mearshart, but since we already passed your pick, let's jump back to it and you can give the full breakdown for uh span versus Walker. Oh, yeah, because I heard Mikey talking shit again, you know, talking the same. <laughs> he says, remember last week, folks, when he was against both of me and Bob's picks? You guys remember that shit? I just, hey, just, hey, we won. Just so you know. Both of you guys were against Ed Herman, and my boy went out there and dominated from start to finish. Whoa, whoa. Domination's a big word. Domination's a big word. Dominating is what I do to my woman at night. I don't know about what happened over there, right? There was never a doubt ever, and I'm sticking by my. I'm no, 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 no worries. Just like uh, Bob talked about, you know, uh, Mikey's our DraftKings expert. His picks are based off DraftKings prices, their salaries. They're much different than what Bob and I go after. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. I, but, uh, but with Ryan Spawn, Span, I mean, Johnny Walker, man, uh, great dude, uh, awesome performer. He's really, really agile, real fast, kicks real well, uh, strikes great. But he's got a suspect chin. He's lost multiple times of being knocked out in the amateur scene, not even the – I mean, on the his in his earlier pro career versus scrubs. If he catches 
if he yes, if he catches hands from span one, doesn't matter on the temple, chin, anywhere, dude's he's gonna have flashbacks. He's not to be trusted. If Walker was the guy that we all thought he was, why is he only negative one fifteen? It's bait. It's no different than the bait that Ryan Bader versus our boy that we you know. It had such a low line. People th- hit Ryan Bader because the line was low. They thought it was too good to be true. Bob and I saw through that. So Ryan Spann, I think he's way too tough. He's got eight-fight win streak. He's going to come in there hot as fuck. Johnny Walker is uh, going to come in there hot too. Might be a de- detriment to himself. I think that he's going to get clipped, knocked down on the ground, and scream like a little girl. 1.05. One unit for 1.05, baby. Hot. I'm fucking I've been waiting weeks for you guys. He's fucking told T that I said, Well, I'm coming in hot, like fucking hot as a comet coming through the solar system. Hot. <laughs> well, the door, like, Eat it. Yeah. Hey, and, and disregard the ugly hair. I'm usually much better looking. It's all good. <laughs> You're beautiful to us. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I already gave my spiel on uh, Chimaya versus Mirshart. Uh, Mikey, you were in the middle of yours. Actually, Mikey, so you, when you finish your breakdown of Mirchart for Shmaev, real Mike, just hop right in after Mikey's done, okay? So Sounds good. For your, uh, well, continue with your disrespectful talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've already pretty much covered uh, Shmaev about like everything that, you know, COVID all-star, three fights in three months, jumping weight classes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mike, did you hear that this, this was this week's disrespect pick? Did you hear that? Um, uh, G- GM3? This is the yeah. This is the disrespect pick, but I'm yeah. not. I'm not picking Mirashar, but let's let's just look at a few things. You know, he has uh he has beaten and fought to close decisions against some really good competition. Darren Wynn, Trevin Giles had the close decision loss to Kevin Holland. He's a much bigger, a true middleweight, sneaky good ground game. Uh, you know, by no means is he a pushover. He's got more experience. He's bigger. He's beaten better fighters than Shamayev has ever faced, and he is motivated for this fight. If you hear the interviews that he's given right now, he knows he's being disrespected. He is eager to play spoiler, and I am thinking that when this fight starts, he is going to be hell on wheels when this thing opens up. Now, I don't know if that translates into a win for him, because let's face it, I mean, if you're talking about people that just look good, and you're going to base beating scrubs like the way that Shamayev's been beating them, then yeah. That's why his price is the way it is. That's why I would still pick him to win this fight. But by no means, Mearshart, you know, oh, excuse me. By no means, well, I think Mearshart is just going to roll over and die for this guy. Plus, Mearshart, he's from Racine, Wisconsin. If you've ever seen A League of Their Own, home of the Racine <laughs> Bell, yeah, baby. Like the Rockford Peaches. Mm-hmm. So, Underdogs is where this guy was born. Let's go. Uh, still still going with Chamayoff, but look out for Mearshart. He's $6,800. I bet this guy is going to be owned like a mofo on DraftKings. $6,800. Everybody wants to be part of the miracle. Uh, Kazmet Chamayoff, $9,400. For me, that's just a little too rich. There's guys like Colby Covington at $9,300. Uh, TJ Laramie at $92. And before the fight got booted, there was Bechtich at 95 I would have taken all those guys over off at that price just because of the size difference but by god if you feel good about some underdogs that i don't go ahead and roll to off in there i do think that he is going to be uh i do think he's going to cash out but just mere shark just keep this much in you know in the back of your head yeah and i actually agree i think that uh i said it before about kazmat he's amazing great dude but he shot in there so fast for his takedowns and i you never seen any stand-up so i have seen zero stand-up from kazmat that i trust I, I trust his wrestling and I trust his ground game. But uh, Darian Wynn is a world-class wrestler himself. And he had, uh, you know, GM3 
uh, did great versus him. So I'm not really worried about GM3's takedown defense, really. Um, I think I think the biggest question of the night is going to be, can Kaz Matt take a punch to his fucking face? And I really don't know. I don't think the, the price is warranted. I, I'm with you guys on the fact that it's disrespect. There's no way in, my, in hell that I throw money on Kazmat in this situation. His chin has not been tested. I have not seen him in combat. Um, I've only seen him just dominate, and that's just really not a fight. Yeah, just quickly, I had brought up about the possibility of a slight bit of great money on a GM3 round three, because that tends to be when he gets his finishes. Even in fights he's losing, those odds are not released yet, so we can't give that out. I apologize, but keep an eye on that as him straight is plus 305 and him inside the distance is plus 410. So I can only imagine round three is probably going to be over plus 1,000. So if you have a tendency to go towards Mearshart, that's if he's going to get a finish, that's probably when it's going to be. Uh, next up in the co-main event, we're going to go right to that one. Donald Cowboy Cerrone. Rocking quite a few losses, uh, plus 130 versus Nico Price versus minus 150. Um, uh, for me, this is my bet of the card. I like Nico Price here, and it pains me to say it. Because anyone who listens to the show, and I know Real Mike knows and talked about earlier with uh, Mike Gills that I am a Cowboy Cerrone guy through and through. But, man, all these losses are going up. The damage is going up. He's getting finished like he never did. He used to be able to get, maybe hit the dude with a two-by-four, and he'd be fine. Weak, a little bit weak to the body, but everything else, he was straight. <laughs> Um, in the past, I've talked about it feels like all of our favorite vets are losing, and I usually end up on the wrong side of that because I tend to lean towards the vet, and then this is one of those spots where they're trying to make a name. It's a guy that can put on tons of damage and just – because Cerrone's going to stand here. He's absolutely going to stand. He's still small for 170. I don't care who says what, and Price is gotten so much better. He was going toe-to-toe for Luque and honestly even beating Luque in my opinion. And I had a bet on Luque there, so I was nervous as all get out until that eye injury TKO yeah. got Price out of there. So I do think Price is going to win, and I actually think he's going to put Cerrone out. But he's only minus 150, so my bet for this one is the minus 150 to win one unit on Price. And since this is our first time doing this format, I'm trying to think. I don't know who to go to. I'll tell you what. I'll go to real Mike first because then Mikey can finish it out with the DraftKings, and then that way – that makes more sense, or we'll, we'll play with that, but we'll do this one first. Maybe the other one will go reverse. I don't know, but this one will go real Mike next, and then Mikey, Gills, right one, real Mike's done. Feel free to hop right in. Yeah, sounds good. Um, I love your bet here. I think that Donald Cerrone, uh, obviously a great fighter, one of the OGs of the sport. Every single one of us loves him. We're, there's nothing not to like about Donald Cowboy Cerrone, um, but the thing with his body is it's really, really weak. His body's aged so much. He's been through so many wars that the guy's withered as an old piece of wood on the beach. He is not the same guy that he used to be. Nico Price is a mean motherfucker, dude. Like, he is a legit savage. He has another level in him. He's bigger than Cowboy. He's a true, true uh, size for that division. And I, I just think that Nico Price is going to damage uh, Cowboy Cerrone's uh, body very badly, back him up against the cage, and he's just going to drop him there. Uh, yeah, straight to me then. Um, yeah. I'm happy about this one because I agree with both of you. So, like, this time, I guess when Kamal Worthy, like, doesn't lose, or when Kamal Worthy gets beaten, I don't have to, like, come back into the group chat looking all sad while you guys are celebrating. Uh, yeah, yeah, guys. guys. Yeah, guys, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for my pick. <laughs> now, I agree with you guys, though. Cerrone, you know, he's lost four straight. Uh, small, uh, Smaller 170 guy, notoriously slow starter. I think Price is just kind of a proven kryptonite for him. A guy who's going to come out there, start fast, 
Um, if you look at all seven of his UFC wins, all of them are the finishes uh, inside of two rounds. It's real strong. He's going to throw hooks. Even a cowboy gets him down, gets on top of him. This guy has one of my favorite knockouts of all time, the Randy Brown KO, where he's on, the, he's on his back and just starts hammer fisting him real hard. Who does uh, that? Yeah. You got, it, was so, it was so epic. I've never seen that before. It was so, it's one of my favorite knockouts. Uh, if I do have one like kind of stupid reason that I don't like him is that his nickname is The Hybrid, and if you're going to share a nickname with Brendan Schaub, I'm just a little on the brakes, just a little bit, not too much. Gross, dude. You ruined it for me. Cancel the bet. <laughs> Cancel the entire bet, dude. Fuck the bet. Only hybrid I want is marijuana, all right? <laughs> well, I, mean, I guess if you wanted to feel better about it, he switched to Big Brown in, like, 2015. But, um, no, for 8500 Nico Price, I'm with you guys. He's locked into our lineups tonight. Um, I think – he's just a physically bigger stronger fighter his style is a proven kryptonite for cowboy i mean even in his prime which Cowboy's far removed from i uh, i just think he still would have beat him back then and um maybe for cowboy like earlier in the show we were talking about like tough bets like diego sanchez and the ed herman like they're both cheating i know cowboy wasn't a tough bet but like if we could like make an amendment to that maybe a tap out show vet can go cheat somewhere i don't know maybe he can like just like elbow a bunch of times in the back of the head maybe we can work that out but nico price 8500 let's go yeah baby now we all agree on that one so you know what that means i don't know cash it means. i don't know what that it means, means. Slam, I'm it. Assu- slam i'm assuming it. cash it yeah because someone's gonna get Hurt here, which is rough saying, but there you go. Um, next up, we have, and we're going to do reverse this time. So I'm going to go to Real Mike last, and we'll go. Did I do that last? No, we're Mikey Gills next. We'll, this is a work in progress. We'll go Mikey Gills uh, after I speak, and then this will be a Mikey Gills sandwich. So me, Mikey Gills, Real Mike. So he's the meat right there. Look, so Colby Covington is uh, minus 345 versus Tyrone Woodley plus 285. This is not the fight when we would have gotten it, which is the only reason I am personally upset about that is if this fight was when they were supposed to make it like 18 months ago two years this was going to be a pick this fight would have been a pick and honestly not much has changed in the fight tyron woodley is a little bit more shop worn and honestly colby covington other than just his output his overall striking game has gotten a bit better everything else is about the same between him covington's seemingly endless cardio whatever is the result of that is still there it's ridiculous um honestly I was looking into uh, Covington by decision for this. We also been like, man, that's plus money. This is that 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 would be a bet for me. And you, if you listen to the show for any length of time, I'm not a big on prop, but there's some that I just love. Some props I just love, and I do like that one here. But it's minus 145, so obviously it's much better because I do think if he wins, it's likely going to go to decision. But I just think his sheer volume on Tyrone Woodley, who notoriously is low on output and also loves to back himself against a cage where he's just going to get more and more shots putting on him by Covington, who doesn't slow down, who actually gets faster. Obviously, Tyrone Woodley can throw the haymaker from nowhere and put people out. He can, but he's just... I've, I've heard several people say in the last couple of fights, he just hasn't been able to get actually, actually throw. He's waiting for that shot, waiting for that shot, waiting for that shot. And what used to happen is he actually still used to throw it. He doesn't do that anymore. He just, I don't know, keeps backing up, taking shots, looking for the perfect opportunity that never comes because these new guys, they move laterally enough that like that perfect shot just isn't there. You're not going to catch him coming in as easily as you were before. So, I mean, he's going to be insufferable after it happens, but I think Covington's going to win a clear decision here. It's going to look just as bad as when Woodley fought Usman. Uh, other than there's going to be more strikes to his face and he's going to be bloody. So sorry, Tyron Woodley, you've made me a lot of money as an underdog, but this is not going to be one of them. Mikey Gill's, 
DraftKings, just straight picks. Covington, Woodley, I can only assume Covington's a big DraftKings points, like just in general, let alone in this fight. Yeah, Colby Covington is an absolute all-star on DraftKings. I mean, he's scored 130, 140 points before in fights. And this is a five-round fight, so he can pile those up too. I, I'm right with you. I think he's going to dominate in this fight. I think he's going to destroy him. Um, but in the off chance that he doesn't, I have made some notes about Tyron Woodley when it comes to why we would pick him for DraftKings. And if you look at it, of all the people around his price range, there's the Mearsharts, the Minners, and the Storts. Oh, like, I think all of these guys are going to get worked over. So if I'm just going on who has the best chance to score a couple of points in that, it's Woodley. I think he's still Tyron Woodley. He still has that right hand that can connect at any point in this fight. Like you said, he doesn't throw it anymore. But if he does, <laughs> Colby Covington got tagged up by Damian Maya. Don't tell me that Tyron Woodley can't land on his jaw in a fight that he's probably the most motivated for at any in his career. Um, if Woodley doesn't win, I mean, he still has five rounds to score points where the other guys only have three. Uh, I already talked about he takes punches, but, you know, Colby can wrestle too. I, I'm sorry, uh, Woodley can wrestle too. So if we're talking about DraftKings, Tyron Woodley is going off real cheap. I just had it up here. I think it was eight. Uh, I think it was 7,600. Sorry, give me one second. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. I'm buying, you know, 6,900. So for me, if I'm talking about the cheapest dogs is in DraftKings, you have to have a dog or two. Um, Tyron Woodley is not a bad play for the people in his price range. And on our particular card tonight, he is locked in on ours. Despite the fact everything, I agree with everything you guys just said. He's going <laughs> to lose all that. But just if I, for all the reasons I just said, I think Woodley is the best chance to maybe get a lot of points if you're trying to get the most money. So yeah, that sounds great for DraftKings for sure. Um, Colby, Colby Covington, man, his, his wrestling is just absolutely tremendous, dude. His pace, his cardio. Um, Tyron Woodley, I don't know if he's too rich now, if he's just made it, if he's a made man. I, he just doesn't seem motivated enough to me. He, he's definitely training. I know he's training real hard. He's got George Masvidal, Colby Covington's ex-best uh, friend there, training him uh, spe specifically for Covington, giving up secrets that uh, Masvidal had trouble with. but. I really just don't think it's the time for that Woodley's gonna is gonna do anything. He's so gun shy with his big right hand. It's it's so despicable that he it doesn't I mean he might throw the right hand and he could knock him out, right? But his volume will be so low and so despicable and he'll be taken down multiple times and he does not like the real wrestling scrambling jujitsu type scrambles that uh Colby Covington and Usman and all these guys love doing. My, my me myself personally i love rolling and transisting and flowing with someone um it, and when you get with a guy that's just better at, than you at it if it, it, it's a long fucking round and not one round he's got five five with colby covington who took some tremendous damage from Usman and wore it like a savage i think colby covington is is one of the truths i i know that he can be a loud mouth and a retard but, dude, his fighting performance, he, he reminds me of a Dennis Rodman playing basketball. The motherfucker plays ball. And so Colby Covington's going to come in here. He's going to smash T. Woodley, five-round decision most likely, like Bob said. I, I really believe five-round wrestling clinic is going to go down. Now, for a quick bet recap before we get our official, as of right now, obviously, with everything crazy that goes on, the lineup tends to change. But before we give the DraftKings lineup, I'll give you the recap of the bets, and then we'll give you our Tentative official will tweet out any updates. Uh, DraftKings lineup, but our bet recap is one unit on 
Ryan Span at plus 105. And then the minus 150 on price to win one unit. That's 1.5 units to win the one unit for the Saturday. Now, Mikey Gills, what is our, as of right now, DraftKings lineup? Yeah, I'll update on Twitter tomorrow morning when it completely changes. But um, Yeah, poor Mikey. (laughs) Mackenzie Dern, $8,700. She simply does not let down on DraftKings. Should be easy money. TJ Laramie, 9,200. Like, let's be real. Like we said earlier, it's a showcase fight for this guy. The UFC is tossing him a softball. Nico Price, 8,500. Cowboys kryptonite in human form. Big, fast, uh, fast starting welterweight. Johnny Walker, 8,300. Please don't yell at me. I just like <laughs> this fight. Uh, David Dvorak, Devor- <laughs> 8,200. I like what I see from him. His stand up's Chris. I think we can cruise to a decision with a lot of strikes or maybe even land a kill shot. Tyron Woodley, we just talked about him, 6,900. So once again, Mackenzie Dern, 8,700. TJ Laramie, 9,200. Nico Price, 8,500. Johnny Walker, 8,300. David Dvorak, 8,200. And Tyron Woodley, 6,900. Let's go. Let's go. Sounds good. Before before we move on from Mikey Gills, do you have anything final to say to the people before we start doing our outro and bid everyone adieu? Job, just happy to have uh, happy to have real mic back. So I told you we're gonna get the uh, the fake mic sign in the background. <laughs> yeah, no. The what's what sucks is the for the backstory of real mic versus uh, fake mic. It has nothing to do with Mikey Gills. Uh, one t- our last uh, show we used to do, uh, Bob and I would do it with this particular person, and he would end up calling Bob Mike all the time, and it was just so funny that we end up being like, all right, he's gonna be Mike, then I'm real Mike, because you keep calling Bob Mike, so Mike's not Mike no more. He'd be real Mike. So nothing to do with Big Mikey Gills. We're a uh, pleasure to have him here as your DraftKings, uh, you know, extraordinaire. And the, we brought him here because we had faith in him. And so when we disagree, it has nothing to do with personal stuff with Mikey. His, he's a DraftKings guy. I have no clue what hell the hell he does. And and he I study <laughs> stuff that he doesn't know. So either way, I'm glad to have him on the team and he kills it. Thank you. And Appreciate real it. Mike, do you have anything else to throw in since you are back? Uh, I, I just missed. Any, I, I just he didn't go anywhere. He was just busy. He's back though. He's right here. Yeah, Rihanna, Rihanna had me working like a slave for the new Savage Time Fenty Volume Two. Like I said, Amazon original coming out. It your sounds boy, way better than it is. Yeah, your boy built uh, one of seven carpenters uh, prop makers in Hollywood. Built the whole thing. It's fucking absolutely incredible. Looks like something out of Disneyland mixed with something in a factory mixed with some lingerie naked uh, uh, models. That was just absolutely amazing. Uh, so de- definitely when it comes out on Amazon or on Amazon, definitely uh, look that up. Savage Times Fenty Volume 2. But uh, thank you guys all for listening. Thank you for listening to me rant. Thank you for letting me leave for a few weeks. And thank you, Mikey, for feeling in. Uh, thank you. Yes, thank you guys absolutely. again for the opportunity. I, I love doing this. Oh, absolutely. And this is this last little bit here, this last like 10, 15 minutes. This is what the show is going to be going forward. Obviously, things come up. Some people get busy, vacation, things. When things go back to normal, some occasionally it'll be down to two. But in general, this will be the three. The three amigo. The three amigos. Now, we will be back next week to preview UFC 253 out of Sani Costa, plus, you know, Reyes versus Janny from the block, our boy, going yep. for that uh, vacant light heavyweight title. And thank you, everyone, who has been watching us live right now we very much appreciate anyone of you who don't watch us live why don't you want to watch us live it's a good time you may maybe miss out you miss uncomfortable stuff that gets edited out you'll never know unless you watch live 
But hey, don't forget to subscribe not, to a go not to be me. biased, but you couldn't ask for three better looking motherfuckers on the screen right now. I mean, from all parts of the world, but I mean, a little biased. Yeah, not as good as the, at the poses, but we'll like maybe we'll do like if we get enough followers. I mean, who knows? We have enough people on the team now. We could do a calendar like like Tippy could have a month. <laughs> you could have a month <laughs> just like everyone just has their own month and you could just you could have the MMA for money show calendar just like send it in yeah we'll, we'll sign yeah we all we got dressed up like our different professions because we talked about we're all, at least the four here currently we're all in the different service industries so like it could be your own personal um uh why am i space the ymca yeah, uh, me. nice i'm the village people. We could be we could be your mma village people but like you know I'll make Not it look quite good. a zigzag, more of a straight line, if you know what I'm saying. You're yeah. like a month away from Halloween. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got my tool belt ready. Yeah. There you go. Perfect. Well, don't forget to subscribe to the show on your platform of choice Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, Overcast, Podcast, RSS Feed. Yeah, we're on Spotify. We're basically Joe Rogan, so you might as well listen. Uh, remember to subscribe to us on YouTube if you're watching us live on YouTube. Very easy. Just click subscribe. If not, go there. Do that. You could watch the show later. Anything you may have missed or the smaller tidbits to get you through the week, like, comment, and share to spread the word. Please do those comments and those ratings on Apple iTunes. It does a ton. And with that, let's roll.